It's Alabama LSU week, one of the strangest rivalries in all of college football. And Alabama also may be on the verge of getting a huge commitment later this week. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Great, great, great. As we record this, Halloween, uh, I would rank that among my top five holidays. Top five? Is it top five? It's certainly top Top five costumed holidays. Uh, That would be number one, I think, although I might not be doing July 4th right. (laughs) Uh, Jimmy, Alabama LSU this Saturday um really let me just run down a few historical notes first of all alabama leads this series 55 26 and 5 this was back when they had ties you know what we should do as a society is go back through all the ties in every sport forget soccer soccer can keep them i don't know why they do that I, i'm just keep them but everybody else should go through all these ties and flip a coin like each lsu's heads Alabama's tails, and whoever gets it, gets it. Because I've always said if I were the czar of college football, the other thing I would do is give back everybody the wins that were forfeited. Not just because Alabama's had some wins forfeited, but because I think those games actually happened. And it's okay to say, okay, you won, um, but now that team also went on probation later because of whatever. I'm fine with that. Anywho, um, Alabama is 29-29. 29-9-2 and two in Baton Rouge. They've only beaten us nine times in Baton Rouge. Um, That's we're 17-4-1 in Baton Rouge since 81. And I remember that tie pretty vividly. I think it was 85. I think it was 85. And I remember because we scored – and I was in Destin watching with my dad. We had a condo there at the time. And my dad, like, got right next to the TV said, win, lose, or draw. Go for two. And – um we kicked the extra point. Like, that's just what Perkins wanted to do. So we kicked the extra point and we tied him and it sucked. But um, here's a, another little stat. Now, we're not playing this game in Tuscaloosa, but it just this dawned on me. It may, maybe it's not interesting to anybody else, but LSU is the only team that I can think of that's beaten Nick Saban three times in Tuscaloosa. Can you think of another one? I don't know that uh, anybody's else. Auburn's only done it once, right? I mean, Auburn's had the most success against Saban of all the teams that we play all the time. It's it's Auburn, but I think they've only won in Tuscaloosa just in 2010, correct? Has anybody won more than once in Tuscaloosa except LSU? No, it's got to be just LSU. It's got to be because A&M hasn't done it more than once. Ole Miss hasn't done it more than once. So Mississippi, it is LSU. Mississippi State hasn't done it think of the LSU teams that did it. I mean, to be honest, 2011 LSU <laughs> – and 2019 LSU are two of the best college football teams I've ever seen with my eyeballs. I mean, I, and 2007 I'm... and 2007 won it all. So the three teams from LSU that beat us in Tuscaloosa all played for, if not win, a national championship. They were historically great teams, historically by any measure. This LSU team isn't that great, but they are good. And what do we talk about every week here? It's hard to beat good teams. Uh, on the road. Uh, it, it just is. And uh, I think the game against LSU is going to be hard Saturday. The more I dive into the numbers, the better I feel about it, Luke. 
Uh, I feel that the numbers prove, you know, Alabama's a better team than LSU and Alabama should win the game. That's probably why they're an 11 point favorite, but you will have to play well to win the game. And Alabama playing well on the road uh, feels like a hundred foot wall. You know, and like that we're getting off track a little bit, but that's funny about Las Vegas spreads. I believe that when Vegas makes these spreads, they assume, okay, all things remaining equal. Assuming the team shows up in place as it should, maybe not necessarily its best, but not its worst, and the other team does the same, this is what the score should be. And then let's say a, a you know a 39-point underdog in Stanford upsets USC. Everybody's like, Las Vegas doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. Well, they didn't plan for USC to show up and forget how to play American football that day. You know, if they if somebody had told them, hey, Vegas, just FYI, uh, USC thinks this is a water polo match. Then they'd go, oh, it's a pickup. You know, they'd figure out something. But uh, anyway, Alabama has won 11 of the last 12 meetings, which, I mean, is bananas when you consider how good LSU has been. And again, the only team that beat Alabama was that 2019. If, if 2020 Alabama isn't your, the best team of all time, 2019 LSU is. I think that's what's crazy is, Bama and LSU had arguably, I think inarguably, the best two teams of all times in back-to-back. Now, if you want to say LSU is, fine. I think 2020 Bama because they had even more accolades and a tougher schedule. But, you know, and they only had one win that wasn't by double digits. Um, But, you know, to each his own. So I'm not going to argue with anybody there. Um, But, you know, these these stats just really pop out to me. The Alabama-LSU rivalry is is one of the weirder – in all of college football, and it's been at night for so long now. I mean, when was the last time this was a day game? Was it the um, the the one I'm thinking of is 2010? Lost, and any 2010 reference is going to make me faint because <laughs> because I'm just saying, and, and this is the scary part. Uh, if Alabama loses another regular season game, this will be Alabama's worst regular season since 2010. So what was what was the 2010 loss that sent everything sideways? The LSU game in Baton Rouge. We lost to and was it a great LSU team? No, no, just a good one. And uh, and they lost in Baton Rouge. And and I'm just saying the similarities to 2010 start getting a little scary if Alabama loses this weekend. So I don't like hearing 2010 right. business. Of course, the 2010 so during the day, and and this is a night game, so. Man, you, you were so right. About, and Alabama you know, usually wins at night down there. I mean, they can talk about how daunting the place is, and it is. Uh, but but Alabama has pretty good luck at night in Baton Rouge. Jimmy, let's go ahead and tell everybody about Nissan. This week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be, well, for me, I'm going to go take us back in the Wayback Machine to 2008 when Julio Jones caught a pass facing off against Patrick Peterson in overtime. Um, We had just, Rashad Johnson had just intercepted his third pass of the day on LSU's possession in overtime. I was at the game. Uh, It was an unbelievable atmosphere. But when Julio Jones caught that ball uh, over Patrick Peterson, 
Peterson. Peterson draped all over him, and he almost drug him into the end zone. He didn't quite do it, but he almost did. And then Alabama ran a few quarterback sneaks and finally pushed it in the end zone. If you're like me, Jimmy, the reason this thing was really so thrilling is because we were like, please, eight-pound, seven-ounce, baby Jesus, don't let this come down to a field goal. And we were like, we have to try and punch it in. And luckily, we did. Yeah, John Parker Wilson uh, scores and does the uh, telephone thing uh, in response to LSU students getting his uh, cell number and blowing up his phone all week. And uh, that's why I remember Rashad's three interceptions. I remember his overtime. In 08, we need to remember, those of us older fans, I think we really appreciate 08. Uh, I know some of the younger fans wouldn't because we didn't win the national championship that year. We actually lost to Tim Tebow in the SEC championship game. But the older fans appreciate 08 because that was after a few false hopes or a few false starts. 08 was when Alabama was back. 08 was the announcement, uh, we're good again. We are good again. And this time it's for real. And this time there's some staying power to it. And that win in Baton Rouge was further evidence that uh, Alabama was back. Uh, great win. And, you know, I'll tell you something. I just have the thought. Alabama's had some great teams and teams that has won national championships since then. How many of those teams would want to F with that 08 squad? Not many. <laughs> Not many. That team showed up. I mean, they, they, they took it back. They weren't gifted. Like, I mean, I say this all the time, and you know this is true, and every Alabama fan that is, that's older would, would know this. That 08 and even the 09 team was full of players that Nick Saban wouldn't recruit down the road. There, there was a lot of, quote, three stars in that starting yeah. lineup in 08 and 09, and guys that – or even four stars that Nick Saban would have passed on. There was a lot of them because later we would recruit what amounts to freaks only. But uh, that's what's really amazing about, to me, 08 and 09. It was about Nick Saban transforming the culture and developing the, the, the kids that were there to be as good as they possibly could be. We and, know uh, we were in 08. In 08, we were on the back end of puberty. We we were kind of uh, becoming yeah. men. That's really what yeah. we were. And uh man, I'll tell you that 08 team, that was back. We were so hungry then. I mean, 08 was the hungriest Alabama team I think there's been. I, I'm getting off track, but that that was the hungriest team. They went after everything. And this thrilling moment is brought to you by Nissan. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. Man, thank you, Nissan, for letting us go back in the Wayback Machine and talk about that. I just... I love this. What a great idea for a sponsor segment. I mean, it's just I because I mean, 08 is so special to me. It was a team that was hungry. Mark Ingram, hungry Julio. I mean, Javi Arenas, hungry. You know, he had dealt with so much uh, futility. And then Rashad Johnson, he just bought in. Rashad Johnson, like, what do you what do you want from me, coach? Tell me what it is. Here I am for you. Javi was the same way. So many dudes. Um, all right. Let's talk a little recruiting. So Julian saying, we talked about him in the podcast yesterday, um, almost as an afterthought because he was fresh off the visit to Tuscaloosa and we've been talking to him and yada, yada, yada. And lo and behold, today he says, I'm going to announce on Wednesday on, I think, CBS or something like that. No, College Football Live. He's going to announce on College Football Live this Wednesday. And now the crystal balls are rolling in for Alabama. 
This is a, a five star, uh, the composite. A four, what's weird, he's a four star on 24 7 and the number 12 player in the country. And in 24 7's composite, he's a five star and the number 14 player in the country. I don't know how math works, but that seems weird. Um, so, Jimmy, I'll let you get on a roll about Julian Sayed. Very happy about the storage just because it's so big. And this is what it is for me, Luke, is this, uh, and I don't know, as we record this, I am uncertain as to whether it's going to be Alabama or LSU, and I believe it's those two. Uh, I think he's deciding between Alabama, LSU, and Georgia. But uh, I really think this is Alabama or LSU, and it could be either one as, as, I, as I say this. But what's becoming apparent to me is – and the big story to me is because we, we, we do deep dives here on, on Locked on Bama. And we, we follow recruiting closely, to say the least, every day for you guys. And, uh, look, I cannot remember Alabama taking a quarterback without the quarterback coming to camp or work out at Alabama. Julian did come to Alabama this summer to look around on an unofficial visit. He was there, but he did not camp. He did not work out for the staff uh, to anyone's knowledge. Uh, and, and, and here we are maybe taking a 2024 quarterback. That means his junior year is not even complete. Uh, and, and Alabama may be taking a guy. The last one I can remember with a similar story uh, – Fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, is Cooperman. Uh, that, that's the last quarterback I can remember Alabama taking without requiring that kid to kind of uh, audition for the scholarship, I mean, as, as a way to put it. And uh, that was in 20 – I mean, Cooper Bateman, I think, was class of 13. So I think we must have taken him sometime in 2012. We're taking Julian Sayan earlier than we took Cooper Bateman, to my knowledge or my, my recollection of – that's what's amazing about it is, you know, Nick Saban changing. I mean, normally Saban does his things his way, and this is how it's going to be. This would be a sea change. Uh, also so interesting that the quarter, you know, is Bill O'Brien going to be back? Uh, we know he'll be in the running for some head coaching jobs. We know he'll get a lot of interest in, in OC jobs, even in the NFL. Uh, interesting that, that the kid would commit to Alabama not – knowing for certain who the quarterback coach would be uh, if it happens. Uh, now, in terms of what kind of player he is, I mean, I love the tape. I mean, I love it. Uh, well, I, I bragged about this before on Julian is that how a kid like him has generated so much interest uh, by these power programs, despite not being 6'6 and not running a 4440. This guy has, I mean, he's average build, 6'1", 185. I mean, that's not, that's not big. It's not tiny, but it's not big. And is he a 4-4 guy? No, no, no. He's, he's, he's what I'd call an above average athlete for the position. Uh, uh, but he's not a run first guy. He's not a guy that can play wide receiver. I mean, he's just uh, a, a guy, right? And, but he's ranked very highly. His offer list is ridiculous. And you watch the tape. I see a lot of Bryce myself. I, I think Bryce is a, somewhat reasonable comp considering uh, if it's Alabama, he'd be, you know, coming in when Bryce is going out. But what I mean by that is I start any description of Bryce's game as he's a point-playing quarterback. Uh, that's how I describe Julian. He's a point guard quarterback. He's a ball distributor. The ball gets out quickly. It gets there accurately. He gets it to his playmakers in their chest where they can score the ball. Uh, 
and, and that accuracy, that it's all quick and accurate, like a point guard, uh, smart kid, um, takes some snaps under center, uh, good feet. Uh, the arm isn't special, but it's accurate. Um, I, I like it. There's nothing watching that, that tape where I, I, I wouldn't think he would be a take for Alabama or a program like Alabama. It's just a big, big story. Can you imagine that? Alabama's already got a number of 24 commitments, which is uh, interesting. But uh, this kid, a quarterback this early, what a big story. And uh, if he goes to LSU, he goes to LSU. Uh, good for them, Good on them. And Alabama can get back to its traditional way of evaluating the quarterback position, which is you need to get your, your behind in our camp. Uh, so I won't be distraught if it's LSU. Uh, and gun to my head right now, based on what little I know on and off the record, I think this is Alabama. Number one, I, I think it's Alabama too. And, and I think that as Alabama fans, we should not be – look, it's always cool to look at the measurables and go, wow, you know, he's Josh Allen clone. I mean, just this monstrous human being with a cannon for an arm. But, you know, a few of our last quarterbacks, I mean, uh, Tua Tungvaluwa didn't have the best measurables in the world. Bryce Young certainly doesn't. Um, and both of those were either Heisman winners or Heisman finalists, and Tua is absolutely tearing it up. Man, that, by the way, I mean, just Tua, we love you so much. I mean, you're so good in Miami right now. We appreciate you. Man, uh, how many people could prove his doubters wrong like that? And and just he's just killing it. I appreciate him so much. Um, but I also – Jimmy, I like the way you presented that whole argument with your Mary Kathleen, Catherine Gallagher way of putting your uh, arms, oh, yeah. your hands yeah. under your arms like that, and then I suppose you'll you'll inhale it later. It's a little but, cool in here, um, but luckily, it's actually a response. It's a little cool in here. So, um, what that also means is it's time for me to tell you about sweat block. I mean, that's just a what a what a nice tie-in, Jimmy. You're always thinking, bro. I appreciate that. Uh, uh, look. And I'll tell you something else. I had one of my other friends uh, call me, and they love the stories about Pamela. And I'm going to tell you about Pamela again when it comes to sweat block because she would hide in the office bathroom every 30 minutes. Can you imagine to draw off her armpits so no one would see the wet circles around her arms? I mean, that's just Pamela. Come on. Get sweat block, girl. That's what you need to do. Get you some sweat block. I'll tell you somebody else. Speaking of, it's basketball season. I'll tell you something else. Bruce Pearl, get you some sweat block. You might want to get the industrial bucket full of sweat block because I saw you that time you sweated through your suit uh, during the Tennessee-Florida game. That was many moons ago, but whew, I've never seen that before. I would highly recommend sweat block from my main man, Bruce Pearl. Um, but, yeah, there's tons of reasons to get sweat block. It's, it's fantastic. It's easy. You can go to it at sweatblock.com. You can also get it at Amazon. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try sweat block. Save 20% with promo code locked on. That's two words, promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. It's also available at Amazon. So, so easy to get it there. Um, sweat block gives you the confidence to wear what you want without the embarrassing underarm sweat. Go to sweatblock.com, get 20% off using promo code LOCKEDON. Jimmy, let's talk a little Alabama statistically speaking and, and see where this um, what this means for us. We're, I'm going to go on the team section here. First of all, uh, yards per game. You know, Alabama is averaging a very, not just respectable, I would say hefty 485 yards a game. That's good for only fifth in the SEC. 
<laughs> this team's got some offensive firepower. I mean, this league does. It's a new era. It is fifth in the SEC. I think it's uh, uh, 15th uh, a total. I mean, I think it's 15th in the nation. So it just shows several teams in the SEC are really, really producing uh, a lot of offense. That includes Alabama. I think what's remarkable, Luke, to me is that the production is outstanding, yet so much production is being left on the field. I'm the first to admit. I mean, we got to run the ball better uh, consistently every week. This team needs to run the ball better. Bryce missed two games. Those games count too. Bryce missed two, two games, and look where that number is. That's a fourth of the season. Bryce wasn't even there, and look where that number is. So Alabama can be even more productive than they've been. Um, the offensive line's getting better every week. The running game's got to get better. But, again, the production offensively is there. The scoring is even better than the yardage. Yeah, and um, looking on the defensive side, uh, I want to see – I'm looking for yards allowed here because um, this is uh, this is something I want to think about with, with uh, the LSU also, game coming up. So, defensive – yeah, they are uh, – they're averaging 345, 346 yards per game given up. So, uh, I feel like that bodes well for Alabama because a lot of these other teams, um, you know, like Tennessee has already played Alabama. Arkansas has already played Alabama. So, that will skew their yardage numbers a little bit uh, in the wrong direction. But um, I, th I think that's going to be – look – Let's talk about this LSU game for another second. Do you, what are you thinking? Do you think we go more run for the first time really all year, or do you think that we just still let Bryce Young sling it all over the field? I'm saying let Bryce Young continue to do what he he does. Yeah, I think uh, Alabama's going to put the game. I mean, I think this will be a healthier Bryce than we've seen. I think Alabama's at their best when the game is in Bryce's hands. I do think you'll see an effort to run the ball. Uh, Alabama's not going to abandon that or just pretend like the run game doesn't exist. Uh, you're going to see some runs, but I think they're going to run it off the pass, and I think they're going to throw to set up the run. Uh, but I, I think, it, you know, it, it's going to be on Bryce. There'll be a lot of pass attempts. Uh, there'll be some more deep balls. I think the normal, I think because Bryce's shoulder is, is, is going to be better in this game. I also think, you know, Harrell uh, might be more a, a part of things, but the young kids, Bond and Prentice, are playing more and more all the time. They can be vertical threats as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm looking for Alabama to come out throwing the ball, even though LSU's defense, uh, they've given up some runs. And, and I think Alabama will, will get some runs. You know what would be great is, you know, you throw, 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 sneak a Gibbs run in there, boom, he scores from 75 yards out. I'm muted. I know. Oh, good. You muted because I just saw you call. For those watching on YouTube, we just saw uh, Jimmy. I'd get those tonsils checked out. Gosh. It's cool. It's cool that yeah. Well, everybody just did check them out just now, but it's cool how, how I technologically I, I know how to work this mute button, and I will work it. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for today's podcast. We'll be back tomorrow, uh, getting you ready for the big college football playoff uh, announcement of the, what do you call it? College football playoff rankings. That's what you call it. I don't know. Anywho. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that in tomorrow's show because, yeah, yeah, that'll be big. All right, buddy. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.